Welcome to the Leadership Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Jono White. I'm the founder and principal consultant of Clarity. We are an Australian-based consultancy that works with leaders around the world, and our passion is to invest in people to become everything they're meant to be in order to fill the world with healthy organizations that people love to work for and customers line up to buy from. The goal of this podcast is to invest in you and your leadership. If you're just joining us for the first time, then feel free to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there. The most popular being our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from around the world in all different sectors give their in-depth answers on leadership, what books they love, what they found most challenging, uh, the most meaningful stories, how they how they structure their time through the day. That's free, so go and check it out. And we'd love to interview you about your leadership. I believe you have advice from your experience, your context, and your life so far that is important and can help other leaders. It's also a great way to give back. It's free to get involved, and you can do so by going to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest, or just Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form that pops up. We have a free resource for you on our website. It's called Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook. It has interviews with 10 world-class leaders, and you can go to consultclarity.org. It's right at the top and get that today. Uh, we also have a daily email that we send out to over 15,000 leaders, and that email contains the highlights, our best content from our podcasts, our blog, uh, my book, uh, the books that we're loving that are out there about leadership, it's also the best way to get access to our masterclasses and workshops before anyone else. And there's also exclusive and limited uh, special options just for subscribers. And you can subscribe by going to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe. Now, my gift to you is to work incredibly hard to provide the best leadership content I can to invest in you and your leadership. So if you're finding our content helpful, if you find this podcast helpful, then your gift to me uh, could be this. If you, if you do find it helpful, then write a review or rate our content and make sure you subscribe or follow. I can't emphasize enough how helpful that is. It really does help us to get the word out there so we can invest in more leaders to become everything they're meant to be. It also means a lot to me personally when people like you and people in our community share our content on social media. So if you do that, then please do look for me, Jono White, to tag me and look to tag Clarity uh, on whatever platform you're on. And our team, including me, I, I'm always looking to see when people have mentioned us so that I can engage with you. And also we look at sharing content. So if you, if you write something about something we've done, there's also a good chance we'll share that with our followers. So if you could do that, that is a massive, massive help as we try to invest in as many leaders as we can around the world. Last of all, you can check out my book about how to deal with difficult people even if you hate conflict. It's called Step Up or Step Out. It's available on Amazon. You can just look up Step Up or Step Out, John O'White, or you can go to store.consultclarity.org forward slash book and check it out there. I 
have coached leader after leader after leader. And in more than 50% of the sessions, this topic comes up. How do I deal with this person? I'm finding it really difficult. And, and I just want to find a way that doesn't blow up to do a really, just to have a difficult conversation, to lead them better. How do I do that? There's a three-step process that I outline in this book that I believe can help you. Okay, let's get into today's episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Today's guest is Paul Thomas. Paul is a clinical hypnotherapist, has a thriving practice in Sydney, and is also the founder of Self Help for Life. And Self Help for Life has a, a there's a blog and podcast. We're going to find out more about that. Welcome to the podcast, Paul. Thank you, Jono. It's great to have you on. So. If you can unpack a little bit more for everyone what it is you do in the various hats you wear. Yeah, sure. So um, in Sydney, I'm a clinical hypnotherapist. Um, what it says on my website is I help people resolve personal, emotional and habitual problems, which I think sums up most of what people come to see me for. So whether it's addictions such as alcohol, binge eating, um, or habits like nail biting or more emotional things, dealing with anxiety, depression, um, sometimes pain management as well, physical symptoms, which can often have um, sometimes some me- mental kind of emotional causes as well. And then I also run Self Help for Life, which um, is a, a blog, a YouTube channel and podcast uh, that helps people become a better you. Um, the idea started in 2017 and it came from the idea that, you know, a dog is for life, not just for Christmas and so much of self help for life. You know, we read a book and we put it down and we don't really apply it to life. So what I want is self help to life for life to be is like learning you learning the, the tools, the techniques to help you be a better you in the long term. So the things that work long term and less about the kind of hacks and quick mind fixes that often we hear that are topical and then don't really um, um, go through the test of time, so if that makes sense. So, really about long-term yeah. personal change. Um, so, yeah, yeah, brilliant. Uh, no, thank you, thank you for sharing that. Uh, so, it's always wonderful to hear a little bit about someone's story. So, I'd love to hear Paul some of those moments, even as far back as childhood. You know, little Paul. <laughs> what were some of those moments as you reflect? Okay, all really? right. <laughs> okay. What are some of those moments that really shaped well, you to become the person? And the leader, you know, the leader that you are today and the thought leader. Okay. Yeah, well, look, I mean, I had a, a varied childhood. Um, I mean, it was pretty good generally. I was born in New Zealand in Dunedin and uh, my parents are English and uh, they decided at the eight, when I was eight years old that uh, they were going to go back to the UK. And, you know, I think before the age of eight, I was a pretty happy kid, had some nice friends and, um, you know, was really enjoying life. And then... At the age of eight, came to the UK, very, very different education system, much more formal. Um, I found it really difficult to make friends. I used to talk to the dinner ladies at the uh, the school I was in, in which was near Manchester. And um, yeah, really struggled with that, with that adjustment. And, um, and so I think that's when I sort of started to sort of maybe, yeah, maybe realise that there's some challenges ahead in that kind of thing. And I overcame them, um, not just the social side, but also academically, I was a bit behind and my mum helped me with that. So I think that's when I sort of realised a little bit about self-improvement, that kind of thing. 
Um, I then went on to be uh, quite musical, so I played the French horn and uh, various orchestras. And um, when, you, when you play in an orchestra, there's different parts. So you can be, in the case of a horn section, there's four parts. So there's first horn, which has all the solos, uh, and then there's second, third, and fourth. And third is like the next best. That tends to have a few solos as well. Um, so I was always striving to be move my way up the horn section. And when I did get to play first horn, I realized actually there is quite a lot of leadership around that. You know, the way that I'm playing, the way that I may be taking notes of things that the conductor might say, and just my whole presence is going to influence the people, you know, down the line in a way. Um, so I think that's when I got my first sense of, of leadership in a way. And then um, I, when I first started reading personal development books was really, I think I went to a very interesting talk that was about stress and I was in my final year at university and and I wasn't particularly looking forward to going into the working world. I really enjoyed university and he just talked about at that time, now this is this is early 90s, okay? So he's talking about the three main stresses being the fax machine. Okay, we can replace that with email now and instant messaging. Um, yeah. The clock, well, that's still pretty much there, isn't it? And uh, and TV, which we could, again, replace yeah, with TV and the internet now. Uh, but the fact that we're getting all this information coming, being bombarded at us at an ever higher rate. And they were the three main stresses. And he also talked about how so many people just go through 40 years of life just getting really, really stressed about things. And I, I sort of decided in that session I wasn't going to be that person, okay? To some degree I have at times in my life, um, but I didn't want to be that person who just did the whole corporate thing. So that's really where that came from. Um, wow. And then so I started, yeah, so I started getting into a bit of personal development then. Um, so that's really where can it I, started. And can then, I ask you yeah, a question? Yeah, I, mm. that's such an interesting decision to make. How old were you at the time when you when you <laughs> said you were sitting in that session and you made that decision? So I was about 22, 23. So I, yeah, I went to university a bit later than most people, so I was probably about 22. Yeah. yeah. How did you... Uh, that's just a really interesting reflection and such a decisive moment. Mm. What, what were you feeling in that room and what was it... Can you remember... What, like, why was that such a watershed sort of, yeah, you know what, I'm not going to do that, I'm going to pursue this moment for you? I think it was probably more negative reasons than positive reasons. I just didn't want to go through that really stressful, long hours corporate life. And um, I had worked briefly with someone who had been through that life um a few years earlier i i had a little job that i did between um, school and university and uh, this guy was retired he'd come up from london done the whole working in a in an investment bank and he was just doing this really clerical junior clerical job that i was doing as well and i think he told me quite a lot about that lifestyle and the commuting to london and all that sort of thing as well and i just decided i didn't want that i just didn't want that to be me i didn't want to have that kind of normal life i guess i've always seen myself as maybe a little bit different and I didn't want to have that normal life. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I always um, find it really interesting mm. to understand those sort of moments where you can look back and go, yeah, actually, yeah. that was when yeah. it was in that room where I really went, hmm. So, yeah, thanks for unpacking <laughs> that. Please, please continue. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, for, and actually getting into personal development was actually more a little bit art. That kind of gave me my first taste of it. And I did read a couple of books. Um, Maxwell Maltz, Psycho-Cybernetics was one of the first books I read, and Louise Hay, You Can Heal Your Life, were two big 
books I read about that time. But actually, when I got more into personal development, it was actually more to do with dating. Okay, so I was struggling with dating and, and social confidence <laughs> generally. And yeah. and yeah, and I was like, you know, I was in my 20s and I hadn't helped myself by going to a very male-dominated university that was focused on engineering and sports. And then going and working sure. for London Transport, think of the equivalent of working for New South Wales Transport or Brisbane Transport, where most people <laughs> yeah. there are, are men. Okay, sure. So I hadn't yeah. helped myself by any means. The only thing I went to where I met a lot of women was was orchestras, and nearly everyone was in a relationship, so it wasn't that easy. Um, so I started um, learning a bit about um, yeah skills to become better at communication, social confidence, and that's when I discovered neuro linguistic programming (NLP) and hypnosis. Kind of is similar in some ways to that so uh, I did NLP practitioner training and I used that purely to just help me get better at dating that was all I was interested in in my 20s I had no other real interests um, <laughs> I wasn't say that career-minded I'd say yeah. I probably wasn't really being a leader at that point I just that's the only thing I wanted to but I, but I believed I could get better at it I believed it was a learnable skill and um, yeah and I did uh, by the end of my 20s I met my wife and the rest is history really so yeah um, <laughs> so yeah, so that was really how I got into personal development. And then I think after that, um, in my 30s, I, I didn't do much with it because uh, life was going well. I was in a happy relationship. I was that time I was um, working as a corporate um, software trainer in a law firm. I was uh, traveling all around the UK and around Europe as well, training different legal systems. And again, I was working as a team of trainers and I was finding I was becoming a bit more of a leader, although my job was the same as everybody else. I was finding that I was generally pushing things along a bit quicker, coming up with lots of new ideas in meetings so I could see myself being, again, a bit different, being able to go that one step further than maybe um, you know other people were prepared to go, that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. So one question that pops into my mind, what did you learn... Yeah. Okay. When you, and I love, well, actually, before I ask this, I, I love how you said, you know, honestly for you, what got you really interested in, in some of the things now that have really yeah, been yeah. career defining and you're, in, you know, and really helping people yeah. was, uh, uh, you know, for you to around dating. And, um, it's funny, you yeah. reminded me of, um, the, the episode I did, uh, I had on the podcast Guy Kawasaki, who has written 15 books and worked with Steve Jobs and, and just an incredible, um, incredible mm. man and, and great thinker. But I start, <laughs> he started off telling his story and I was saying, when did you sort of first get passionate about business and entrepreneurship? And he told the story, which people can go and listen to, of, uh, of how it was actually seeing um, his friend's dad's Porsche and he was just like, you know what? I, I need to get myself one of those. And it was so funny because he's saying people think, you know, now obviously he really loves investing in people and helping others. But he sort of he sort of said, my real passion for all of this didn't start from some altruistic. It was, you know, uh, in his teens going, yeah. wow, what do I need to do to get myself a Porsche? And, uh, and I love the fact that that's, you know, it's not linear, the journey. Sometimes you, the thing that that opens the door to go and do something that becomes really meaningful and significant starts as, as something really, really funny, like uh, wanting to have a Porsche or wanting to, um, wanting to understandably, you know, 
find out find out how can I uh, how can I improve my dating life. So I, I wanted to ask you, what did you learn about about dating? I know that that's probably not so much a focus now, but when you were early on, you're just new to understanding some of this. What were the biggest things that you learned in that season? I think the biggest thing I learned was right right at the end, really, before I met my wife, which was um, that when you overcome a fear, that in a way, slightly metaphysically, life changes. So um, to give you an example, so um, the, my biggest fear had really been to go to a nightclub or a bar, busy bar, and just go and talk to a girl. I, I'd just never been able to do that. I could do it in other situations, but I just couldn't do it in that sort of nightclub-y type situation. And, and, I, and I'd met, met a... Uh, I bet I met someone else who was up for you know working working together with this, so basically egging each other on to do it, and um, and um, so we did. It. And that that Saturday night, I remember overcoming that fear, and then literally a couple of days later, I meet in a more conventional setting where it's a bit easier to talk to people, mm. um, more like it was kind of like a, a social activities club, which I was more comfortable with, meeting um, then meeting my wife Rita. Um, at that event so it was almost like I had to overcome that fear and then the universe metaphysics whatever you want to call it however you think about that basically said well you've done that now so now I'm going to give you what you want okay <laughs> you've just got to, you've got to get through this little step and then we'll give you what you want and, and I think that's uh, really really interesting how that happened so that's fantastic yeah. thank you for sharing that um, <laughs> I have I have so many questions I want to I want to ask you because I know that your sure. your work and what you do is so important uh, for leaders because that's that's one of the reasons I love doing this podcast is it's leadership conversations and uh, I, I love having leaders, thought leaders, CEOs on and, and helping people to realize that w- one, every leader is just a person and one of the biggest things that comes out of the podcast is that everyone you're leading is is a person so actually it comes back to people so for yourself but also for others is just understanding people <laughs> Um, so I, maybe a helpful starting point for me because I've got 20 questions in my mind. But um, w- what do okay. you see for for leadership, managing people, leading people um, as a small business leader or as a CEO or as a manager with a team? What do you see as the biggest challenge uh, for leaders to, to, to lead and manage people well from your perspective? Um, it's a difficult one. I mean, I've not managed that many people myself. I had, I did have a couple of VAs um, a couple of years ago as self out for life, um, and I have done a couple of jobs where I've managed people. I would say, um, really, it's a case of trying to I can ascertain what drives them in a way. What is their why? If they have a why, I did work with a couple of people actually. They were like in their fifties, and I was in my thirties, and they they'd done the same job for years, and they were happy. And I was I would do a performance appraisal with them, and I said, "Well, what do you want to gain? Where do you want to be in five years' time?" And they say, "I just want to be doing the same job I am now." So I think knowing where the people that you're leading where want to be in life, and being okay with the fact that maybe they're happy to do the same thing for a few years, they've got no ambitions beyond that. Um, and then I think mm. beyond that, just being inclusive, I'm a big believer in the idea of walking the talk. So actions speak yeah. louder than words. So uh, it's not what you say, it's what you do. So uh, I'm very much a believer of, of walking the talk. Um, always happy to do things that I would expect other people to do myself. Um, so I know what's involved with that. I know with Self Up For Life before I outsourced 
a few tasks. I did them all myself and worked out exactly how to do them and thought about if I was training someone else how to do them, how they'd do that. Does that kind of answer the question? Probably not. No, it does. It's great because it helps me segue into the next. (laughs) I want to ask you, how can, so what does it look like to understand people uh, better? Like if there's a leader listening who's really scratching their head about some people on their team, what what advice would you give us around uh, whether it's people on our team, even people in our lives, our friends and family, about what it looks like in in a healthy way to really understand growing growing empathy, I guess understanding others and being able to relate well to others. It's a pretty broad topic, but I know, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What, what are your, what are your thoughts? Um, on that? Yeah, I've got some, yeah, I mean, I would probably use some of the stuff I've learned from, you know, neuro-linguistic programming, NLP. Uh, one of the things there is that people think, we all think in three main ways, which is by, um, imagining things in our mind by, um, thinking, self-talk, and by feeling, okay? But most people tend to use one more than the other. So someone who's more visually minded will be imagining things. And I was actually helping someone in a, uh, with an interview uh, situation a few weeks ago. And I was saying to her, if you can start, when you're answering the questions, talk in such a way that the interviewer imagines you in the role, then unconsciously they're gonna be seeing you in the role. And without even realizing it, they're, they're probably more likely to, and she did get the job by the way as well. Um, so getting back to what I was saying, so some people are more visual and they'll tend to use words like, um, this is a bright future. Um, I can see Mm -hmm. this clearly, that sort of thing. Um, so if you can start using that sort of language, so visual words, so bright, clear, um, illuminating, and then other people, which includes me actually, are more auditory. So they'll say things like, um, sounds good to me as clear as a bell that kind of thing. So if you hear people saying those words, try and feedback that kind of language pattern as well. And then some people are more kinesthetic, so feeling oriented. So they've got Mm. to grasp something. They've got to get a hold on something, okay? Um, So again, um, you can use those kind of words back. And another thing is visual people tend to talk quite fast. Auditory people tend to talk a bit more slowly, a bit more resonating. And kinesthetic people tend to talk even slower. So if you can pace their voice tonality as well that can really help okay so you've got the language the voice tonality and also things like the volume as well can help yeah and then with that you know some people are more analytical and some people are more emotional so generally just using some of the words that they're using and feeding them back can really help you begin to understand their world and i think another thing you could do as well is is actually just imagine being in their shoes so um imagine almost taking on their body posture, the way they hold themselves, and just getting a sense of if you were saying what you want to say to them, if you were hearing that as the other person, that will often give you some really interesting perspectives that you wouldn't have thought of. So hopefully that'll help and give some actionable things you can do there. Yeah, I like that. That's uh, so. What are the? Mm. Can you just go over again? What what are the what are the ways you say someone comes in to work with you and you're trying to pick up on how they're wired? So what are the things you're looking for to work out whether they're kinesthetic uh, or auditory or um, you know if, if they're visual? Can you just go over again? What are some things to look for? Yeah, sure. So um, so visual, they'll tend to talk more quickly. Uh, they'll be using words like. Um, see bright clear 
Um, also, this is getting a little bit more technical now. I can't remember exactly, but their eyes will tend to look up. Um, so if you're imagining things or remembering things, your eyes have to look up. Okay, one is left and one is right, and I can't remember off the top of my head which is which, but um, <laughs> technically you can actually tell if someone's lying by the way that their eyes look. So they're called eye accessing cues in NLP. So if people are interested in that, they can Google that and find out more about that. Um, so yeah, that, and then just, you can begin to um, kind of match their body posture as well. This is something I learned in the dating world is, being able to kind of match the way that somebody looks. And when you do that, you'll get more of a sense of their world. Um, mm. So that can help as well. Does that kind of yeah. answer the question? So, no, it does. Yeah. It's really interesting. Then, I mean, you're, yeah. you're talking and about it, mirroring yeah. there. Is that is it, that mirroring in terms of... That's it, yeah. Ma yeah. Matching and mirroring, yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. And you can take that one step further as well. Once you've got um, a really good matching and mirroring, then you can start to lead. And one of the best things, and I use this quite a lot in hypnotherapy sessions, is um, if you can mirror someone's breathing, that can be really effective. It's not always possible, um, mm. but if you can see their breathing, you can start to mirror that. And I've sometimes had people that um, just gone into hypnosis and they're breathing really fast, and I'm thinking, that's unusually fast. So I'll sort of breathe quite fast with them, and then I'll start to lead, slow down my breathing, and, and hmm. usually their breathing will start to slow down as well. So that's really powerful if you can do that. Yeah. That's really great. It's is because I think these are the sort of things that sometimes we're just completely unaware of and just having that awareness as Absolutely. a leader when I sit down in a one-on-one yeah. -on -one and we can just be thinking okay, what am I, you know, I've got this one-on-one -on -one for half an hour an hour, but these are the sort of things that we can slow down and actually think and try to understand, listen. I find mirroring the speed, the speed that someone else uh, speaks at is something that I found really easy. To, to do yeah. and and my background yeah. in um, particularly business development sales I remember when I learned this and, and I thought I'll try it and I was shocked at some of the people that I would connect with who uh, a lot of people were pretty similar to me so it's not hard every now and then I remember mm. um, and it even happens now I'll talk to someone and they speak so fast that I I then go okay I'm going to commit to try to speak at the same speed and it's exhausting, you know, just a 15-minute conversation mm. with them. For me, I, I, I sort of have to, you know, have a couple of minutes where I, I just have a breather. But then, but I've experienced how much, it's like a bit of a click. It's like, for them, it's like something clicks and it's, it's like, okay, here's someone that, um, I wonder if intuitively they find other people, they, they must find a lot of people slower. So when you come up to meet their speed, you... It's like it, it does really help to gel with communication, but also the opposite. I remember having someone who was the slowest uh, speaker, which which it's interesting you mentioned kinesthetic because I hadn't heard that before. Um, where that they but they were they spoke so slowly, had such long pauses to the point where I would think they were finished, but then they'd start speaking again. And so I tried to really slow down my speaking, and felt really weird doing it but once again i found that once i did that we really it just helped us communicate i just felt like i was um speaking the same language you know it just felt like our our sort of flow in how we were yeah. talking was was much better so that's something that that i've found mm. uh, really helpful yeah because just just listening your your pace is probably a bit slower than mine 
So yes. I'm guessing you're probably either more auditory like me or maybe more kinesthetic. I'll see if I can listen out for some of the words as we, as we continue. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, we can have this um, <laughs> as a live uh, sort of um, Absolutely. experience. Yeah. Absolutely. I think for me, it's... Um, uh, you know, and this is don't want to turn this into a into a session. Just take advantage of you, Paul. Just get people on my podcast to help me. That could be a new um, that could be a really clever idea. Uh, but I find so auditory. It's it's interesting for me. I love audiobooks. I love podcasts. Yeah. Um, and I I find that uh, so I haven't read a paper book like actually read a paper book or ebook in years. I do everything audiobook. Oh wow. Um and uh, and yeah. podcast. It's even interesting you'll notice that when we do this podcast I even have the cameras turned off because partly because of Australia and bandwidth and uh, our internet is uh, can particularly where I am here we only have one provider and it's funny people on the other side of the world will be thinking what in Australia don't you guys have amazing technology well our internet is is pretty average uh, but it's also I think it's exactly. also something like I really enjoy coaching um, if someone insists on it being visual then I'm happy to do that but I do a lot of my coaching just over the phone and for me that's um that's fine but that's probably just that's probably a reflection of the fact that i'm auditory absolutely yeah no i agree and i'm a bit like you i'm i tend to prefer audio books um one of the reasons on my website so selfhelpforlife.com one of the reasons i do videos podcasts and blogs is to cater for those three different types of almost like learning uh, styles as well so yeah that's um, clever. so if people want to see me they could they can do the video they watch the video if people want to hear me because it's quite hard to listen to a youtube video unless you've got youtube premium you can't listen to it in the background so yes. what i do with the, my podcast it's very simple i just take the uh the, the audio from the video and turn it into a podcast episode and put a different intro and outro on it so all you hear on the podcast is the videos basically is the audio and then the blog Either me or I get sometimes someone else to write the blog posts, which are a summary of the the, the videos. So, it, you, you, the video has got everything in it. The, the blog will have some of it. So, if people who do prefer to read, I've got that as well. So, um, yeah, that's gold. And, I love um, that. So, I find that's really good. Yeah, it's great. And it has other benefits as well. It has obviously SEO benefits, having the blog posts and that sort of thing. So, yes, uh, that's, yeah, it seems to be a good thing to do. But yeah, like you, I, I find it very hard. My wife can like read a read like a five hundred page book in like a week. For me, it will take me over a month. It's so much yeah. harder to do. Yeah. It's funny that um, I've even <laughs> I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I I've even experimented yeah. with speeding up uh, my listening, and and I came across this idea of speed okay. listening, which I found really interesting. And so I've uh, okay. Um, I've practiced it where I'm trying, I've just experimented with it, particularly with nonfiction books where I'm rereading because I loved it so much. I just want to go over it again and I'll do up to three and a half times speed, um, which takes, which at first sounds like gibberish, but you, you can actually get used to it. But it's, um, I realized when I was chatting with my friends about this, they all just thought I was crazy. Uh, they were like, why on earth would you want to do that? And I, I just thought it was really interesting that for me, this was something where I thought, this is amazing. I can, because, I, and I think it's, it's once again, it might be a reflection that I, I find it um, so natural to be listening that I can really speed something up and still feel like I'm, um, it doesn't drive me crazy. Whereas 
So I do, I listen to a lot of things at faster speeds. And then whenever I'm showing something to my wife, Liz, she'll be like, oh my goodness, please put that back to normal speed. That is, that is hurting my brain. I cannot watch that for 10 seconds. So I do that on YouTube a lot. I love watching things at double speed on YouTube. Um, Yeah, it's good you could do that, isn't it? Yeah. So I don't know, maybe, maybe, uh, I don't know if once again, if that's auditory, what, so for people who are listening for leaders who want to understand themselves better, um, we've talked about some of these things. Is there anything else? So this is, this is one really important element. We've talked about understanding others. What about understanding yourself? If someone came into a leader, came into a session with you and said, help me, Paul, I really just, I really want to get to know myself and how I'm wired better. What, what are some of the key things knowing that you, you spend, you know, this is, this is your world. So just as a quick introduction, what are some of the things Mm. people should lean into, um, check out as well as this idea of auditory, visual, kinesthetic? I think, and this probably just goes at a more general level as well, is really just seeing what makes you feel good and what, what, what doesn't in a way. So, you know, when you're leading, what, what are, you know, when you reflect back on, you know, the past, the last year or two or whatever, what are the kind of leadership things you've done that have made you feel good? And what are the ones that haven't? And I'll kind of give you a bit of an idea of maybe the kind of values that, that run. Maybe you have, you know, an importance of things like participation or trust or collaboration. Um, you know, if those kind of values are quite important to you, then that will help. It's a bit of a vague answer, but that's kind of what I'm thinking. Sometimes we can learn a mm. lot by just being very aware of, of actually what feels good um, in, in previous yeah. times and, and sort of going with that. And, and you're also trusting your gut and your intuition as well. Um, that can be really helpful as well. So, yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I think just know what your values are, really. Yeah. How, if someone I mean, is listening I, going, yeah, I need to do that, but I don't know how, what would be sort of an exercise? Um, or if someone was sitting in the room with you and said, I don't know what my values are, what would you have them do to, as a starting point to clarify that? I would, some kind of sort of journaling type thing, I would say, but I would say, yeah, just reflect on, you know, when in a leadership situation where you felt good about something, what was going on there? What were you seeing? What were you hearing? What were you feeling? And, um, you know, what was it about that that made, made, made you feel good? And I think if you take that, you just sort of chunk that down a bit, um, then you'll still eventually get to those kind of core values kind of things. So, you know, I might ask a question, well, this situation, what does that give you? And I'm, I'm looking mm. for a feeling or emotion to come, to come through. Or um, when you do that, um, a question I, I quite often say to people is, you know, it feels as if. So if we're going through a kind of bit of a journey of, of laugh, past experiences or whatever, I might say, you know, and it feels as if, and they'll say, and that will usually, the answer to that will normally be a belief. Okay, so it feels as if I'm hmm. offering value could be a good, or it feels as if I'm good at this way of leading, or feels as if I'm a good communicator, that kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. So that can bring up kind of beliefs. So yeah, probably unpacking kind of people's beliefs about things, that sort of thing. Um, I know that when I, you know, when I worked with a couple of VAs that what was important to me was that, that sense of, um, that I wanted it to have kind of a good culture. So I wanted to be quite collaborative. I wanted them to be able to think for themselves. I wanted them to work together. Um, those kind of things. That was quite important to me, that it was quite inclusive in a way and that we were all seen as equal and working together as part of a team. Um, 
so yeah that was just what felt right for me really that makes sense Does that makes sense Jono so Paul for leaders who are listening who want to understand their own values better what advice would you give about how someone uh, can do that I would say look back at things that you're doing that make you feel good so look back at leadership type situations that you feel good about you feel that's the right way of doing things um, once you do that you can kind of work out um, what I sometimes say is if you have that what does that give you and that what does that give you question will often lead to feelings and emotions um, so it might be a sense of uh, camaraderie it might be a sense of peace happiness uh, a sense of feeling that what you're doing is fulfilling it's giving value that kind of thing so really just being very self-aware journaling can help with this as well um, so that's probably where i would would go with that yeah that's great advice i love uh you know i think journaling is really underrated i feel like it's coming out more and more yeah. um as uh, and it'll be interesting i don't really know much about the research behind it but i just keep seeing it you know when i read a great book or i come across something that i find really helpful it'll often have journaling there's something about getting it out of your head which mm. uh i don't know if you find this with uh with with hypnotherapy but i find that um you know, for me, I definitely find that uh, for coaching, one of the biggest things people say is, uh, you know, <laughs> I always ask at the end of a session, what did you find most helpful? And probably 90% of the time, it's just having the space and the time with someone who's really, really listening and leaving a lot of space for them to talk things out as well. Um, and it's yeah. amazing how, how much that comes out from 90% of my sessions. 10% of the time, it'll be something I said. Um, and 90% of the time, it's actually just the space created for them to clarify their own thoughts. Absolutely, yeah. I'd say I have the same experience as well. I think being able to verbalize your thoughts, whether you do that on paper or whether you do that in a therapy or counseling or coaching session, is really important. There's something about hearing yourself saying things. You could probably even say these things out loud to yourself, potentially, but yeah, writing them down certainly helps. Um, there's something about that it just makes it more meaningful I suppose it's similar to writing out your goals you know when something's in your yes. head it's, it's it's less tangible but when you write it out then yeah it's much more uh, yeah it's much more real so yeah definitely one of the things I'm often um, doing in hypnotherapy sessions is getting people to really verbalize um, maybe difficult things from the past maybe something happened when they were seven or eight years old um, and at that age they couldn't verbalize that to their parents because they were too young or they didn't know the words to say or they were afraid of them all those sorts of things so in fact getting them uh, under hypnosis quite often to be able to verbalize and, and express those feelings back to those people can often have quite a cathartic influence and help kind of heal things from the past and change the memory so yeah definitely yeah definitely really important well, I'd love to invite you back for another another um, episode down the track, Paul. It would be great to do another episode where we can okay. focus more on hypnosis and actually have yep. you sort of unpack a little bit about that and what you do. Um, and because I think there's, I think it's a topic that uh, a lot of leaders could benefit from that I haven't really talked much about. So um, because we haven't really spoken yeah, too much sure. about that, even though that's your sort of wheelhouse, but. Uh, so maybe another episode down the track we <laughs> yeah. could we could focus on that absolutely that'd be great that'd be really good yeah. to wrap up today let's just do a couple of the leadership express questions are you ready 
I'm ready, yep. Okay. Firstly, what's a book that you've gifted to other people? I can only think of one book that I've ever... So what we're saying here is given given to somebody else, yeah? Is that right? Just, yeah. Just so I'm clear of that. Okay. I think I've only ever done this once, and it was You Can Hear Your Life by Louise Hay, and it was fairly recently, four or five years ago, to someone that uh, was uh, with cancer. And um, because that book just talks a lot mm. about mental and emotional in, impacts of, uh, of all the different um, illnesses. Um, I just felt it was a book he, he needed to read. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, a wonderful recommendation and, and thanks for sharing that story. Uh, mm. Do you have any favorite yeah. questions that you ask in a session with, 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 uh, with someone to understand them better in social settings? Any, any favorite questions? I've got a couple of what I call magic questions that I use in therapy. And um, some, you have to have good rapport to ask these questions, but one of them will be, um, is there anything that you find it difficult to talk about? Okay, so I'll sometimes ask that question. Uh, and the other question, um, again, you have great rapport to do this, and I often say it in a bit of a jokey way as well, is like, is there anything you've never told anyone? <laughs> okay, is there anything you've never told anyone? And I'll sort of say, mm. you know, look, there might not be, you know, and that's okay, And um, but that can sometimes, bring something that because people will often resist change yes um so they might be thinking something but if you can just invite them to do that so obviously i wouldn't use those in social situations but i use those in therapy <laughs> um look uh, look open look there's a few questions that i think are really good um people again this could be a whole different topic uh, of nlp um meta model which is all about language but if people say things like everyone hates me then i'll say everyone or when you say everyone well who specifically and, and they'll say oh my mum or my dad or my best mate or worst enemy, whatever so um so that's a good one another one is in what way so when someone says um uh let's think um people treat me badly i'll say well in what way um and if someone says, I mm. feel sad, I might say sad in what way? So in what way, what kind mm. of? Just really open, really simple questions. Um, there's a whole, there's probably about a dozen of them that are really useful. Um, but I find I use those a lot and they will just give me more information. So when someone's very vague about something, that will give me more information. That's fantastic. I love that. In what way? That's great for leaders in one-on-ones in when you're when, yeah, when you're unpacking with someone yeah. and how you're finding yeah. um everything at the moment well you know the yeah. past couple of weeks as uh has actually been really uh really positive oh positive in what way um or, or i'm feeling what really yeah. Okay. yeah i'm actually feeling really frustrated just mm. with this one project i'm oh, really frustrated in in what way I, I mean i'm not using them perfect i'm just sort of or thinking what? out loud about how you could um, yeah or yeah or or what kind of frustration or um mm. yeah what kind of things are making you frustrated you know what's it like feeling frustrated almost yeah there's so many of them um, it's it's i should you do know a blog what? post on them and list them all you should yeah. you should and you know what do that <laughs> do that for leaders and share it with me and i'll get it out to, i yeah. think this is so good yeah. honestly paul Definitely, because yeah. It's simple. Yeah. This is the thing that a lot of people think, oh, they scratch our head about how we can be better leaders. And these are the sort of things where, okay, well, as a starting point, if you listen better, if you sit down, when you're with your people, if you have some of these in your pocket, um, I love, um, one of my favorites is uh, unpack that for me. I don't know why. Someone used that with me once and I found it really helpful. And I love saying yeah. someone will give me some sort of general comment or statement and I'll say, 
or they'll talk about, uh, you know, that they'll say, oh, just, you know, this person I'm, I'm, I'm just finding, you know, we've been working together a couple of years, but recently they've really been grading on me. And they'll, then they'll talk about something different and I'll come back and say, okay, you talked about the fact that this person's really grading on you. Uh, unpack that for me. And so that's my yeah. tell me more about it or in what way. And so I think having a bunch of these questions is it just gives you this yeah. repertoire to keep someone talking, which is honestly where most people, it builds rapport. It helps you understand them better. It stops you from just talking at them. And, and it really helps people that you're leading to feel comfortable yeah. bringing out some more of their own thoughts. Exactly. And if you've got any therapists listening, I always avoid saying, how does that make you feel? I always find that's a real cliche. Um, yeah. So my alternative is, are, are there any feelings or emotions? Because there may not be any feelings. So I'll say, are there mm. any feelings or emotions? And then that way, you know, they'll say, well, yeah, feeling of anger. I'll say, well, what kind of anger? Anger in what way? So, yeah, that's uh, another good one as well. That's gold. So good, Paul. What a what a uh, gold nugget right at the end of the podcast. That's fantastic. Yeah. And we 100% yeah, have to do that. Yeah. We should we should honestly, um, you should write a, a bunch of questions and uh, and if you can do if you can share that uh, that blog post with me, I'm going to put that out there to uh, to yeah. my audience because I think Will that would do. be yeah, so no. helpful. Please. Good. So good. Okay. Um, okay. A couple more uh, questions. This yeah. is what this is one I love asking everyone who comes on the podcast. What's a movie or TV show that really impacted you? Movie or TV show? Ooh, really impacted me. I used to love watching The Apprentice when I was in the UK with um, yeah. Lord Sugar. Um, I know it's the Donald Trump version as well. But, yeah. Um, um, but, but, yeah. It's a shame it's not in Australia, actually. They had Celebrity Apprentice, but for anyone who's not seen this, it's basically... Um, people set a, a series of business tasks um, and they're quite old school business tasks as well like selling selling things at a market that kind of thing yes. um, and they do it in teams and they have to work together and they always seem to do it so badly and I think the reason for that is because they set really crazy time pressures like they've got to sell everything within 24 hours that kind of thing <laughs> so I just find that really fasc fascinating to watch and uh, you know I think I'd like to think I've learned some things about business from that but yeah I think that's I miss the fact it's not in Australia and, and even trying to watch mm. previous episodes in the UK and Australia is quite hard. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a great and, and recommendation. Dragon's as well. Again, I think it's got different names, but that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that comes up a lot. It's probably the most recommended actually, which which um, <laughs> really? is... Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because I think it's it just... Uh, it yeah. makes perfect sense, particularly because you're getting these really... You're getting this com compressed environment... <laughs> of how to sell, how to listen, yeah. how to analyze data, yeah. all in this compressed, it's, it's actually, um, yeah, it's been surprising how often it's come up. Uh, but when you think about it, it's not surprising. Yeah. Um, okay, one more question to yeah. land because I'm having too much fun. I'm looking at the time I should, yep. uh, I should finish up. Uh, <laughs> if you could only give one piece of leadership advice to a young leader who sat down with you over coffee and said, Paul, you know, what advice would you give me? What, what would you say? I think basically walk your talk, you know, actions speak louder than work. Um, there's another way of saying it. I'm trying to remember what it is now. I learned it from a guy called, um, I can't remember his name as well, the goals guy. Um, anyway, but yeah, walk the talk, um, actions speak louder than words. Um, oh yeah, behavior never lies. That's what he says. 
um, behavior never lies. Oh, I like that. He's the, if, if you Google the goals guy, he's uh, Gary, Gary somebody. He's written a course called the 100 Day Challenge. But yeah, behavior never lies. So, and that's so true in so many areas of life. So always walk your talk. Um, don't promise things that you can't deliver or try to avoid doing that. Um, sometimes it's best to actually uh, promise less and deliver more rather than the other way around. So that, that's what I would definitely suggest. Yeah, Gary, yeah. Gary Ryan Blair. Gary Ryan Blair, that's him. Yes, Gary yeah. Ryan Blair, that's it. Yeah, that's a wonderful yeah. behavior. Never lies. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good one. Behavior I'm gonna, I'm lies, gonna use yeah. that. That's wonderful. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Uh, well, yeah. I'm excited he, about. Yep. Yeah. So you go. I was just going to say, um, Gary Ryan Blair. He's interesting because he basically was a Navy SEAL, so he's got a very, very um, pragmatic kind of approach to things. So if you quite like that sort of pragmatic, just in your face approach is you're like gary so yeah so yeah good. wonderful great um great mm. recommendation mm. uh well paul for those mm. who have just really loved today and um really want to check out uh, whether they're visual or auditory or kinesthetic you know the different channels you have can you just remind us where people can find you and um your uh, clinical hypnotherapy practice and and self uh, self-help life where they can find you online yeah, sure. So um, selfhelpforlife.com is where you'll find all my videos and podcast episodes and, and blog posts. So you can go to there. Um, if you want to find me on YouTube, it's just youtube.com forward slash selfhelpforlife um, podcast. I can't remember, but you can find it via the website. So that's on there. Um, I think it's just um, selfhelpforlife.com forward slash podcast, I think it is. Um, if you're interested in working with me one-on-one, -on -one, you can do that via selfhelpforlife.com, but you can also go to my hypnotherapy website, which is harborhypnotherapy.com.au. So that's harborhypnotherapy.com.au. And uh, on there, you can find all the things that I help people with. So, um, so that's different. That's not really a blog. That's just a, a website that explains what I do. So uh, by all means, uh, check that out as well. Wonderful. Uh, well, I want to thank our listeners for tuning in. Some great tips and nuggets and also uh, wonderful stories today from Paul. Don't forget for our listeners, I also have the John O'White Leadership Podcast and the Leadership Question of the Day podcast for you to check out. But I want to finish today by saying a massive thank you to Paul Thomas. It's been a joy. I can't wait to do another episode where we chat more about uh, hypnotherapy and and, uh, and hypnosis. And uh, But today's just been so good. I've, I'm thinking of all these questions in my brain, which I'm going to go away and, um, and jot down. That's just one thing. There's been so many uh, really valuable points out of our conversation. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Paul. Thank you so much, John. Thank you for inviting me. I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast as much as I did. If you're joining us for the first time, don't forget to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there, including our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from all over the world in all different roles, in different industries, answer these seven questions on leadership and leaders give these in-depth answers around how they spend their time, uh, a book that's been significant for them. It's just a gold mine. It's completely free to access. So go to consultclarity.org and look for that. We'd also love to interview you about your leadership. 
I believe your experience, your life, your context means that you have advice on leadership that other leaders can learn from. Yes, you, if you're going, not me. Well, no, I really believe you would have something to add. So if you're looking for a way to give back, it's completely free to get involved. And we would love to interview you through the seven questions on leadership. You just go to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest or Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form and get involved. We have a free resource on our website called the Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook, 10 world-class leaders giving their thoughts on leadership, and that's completely free. It's available on our homepage, consultclarity.org, right at the top. So make sure you go and get that and download it today. And we have a free daily email that you can subscribe to. We send this out to over 15,000 leaders from around the world. And uh, it contains the highlights of content from our podcasts, our blogs, um, our books, books we're reading. It's got the best content and it gives you exclusive, limited, early access to our masterclasses, workshops, new products, special offers. It's all for our subscribers. You can go to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe and join 15,000 other leaders And you know, my gift to you is to work really hard, particularly through the Leadership Conversations podcast. I have been blown away by the quality of the leaders and I'm learning as much as anyone in doing these interviews. So I'm having a great time. And my gift to you is to keep lining up the best leaders I can to invest in your leadership. Your gift to me, if you're finding this helpful, there is something that you could do that would help us out massively. And that is to write a review and to leave a rating for our podcast or wherever you're watching or listening to this, I can't tell you how much that helps us out. Also subscribe or follow. It really does make a difference in helping us to help more leaders become everything they're meant to be. Another thing that means a lot to me personally is when I see our community share our content. So if you do share this or any other piece of content on social media, then thank you and and please do that. And look for me, John White or clarity and tag us in your post. Our team is always looking for posts to engage with from our community. And there's also a chance that we'll share your content uh, to go beyond and share it with our followers. Last of all, you can check out my book. It's called Step Up or Step Out, How to Deal with Difficult People Even If You Hate Conflict. I wrote this book because 50% of the coaching sessions I have with leaders, this topic comes up again and again and again. And it's this idea of how do I have this difficult conversation? How do I lead this person better when I'm finding them difficult? Or in some cases you look and you say, I think I might be leading a difficult person. They're just quite difficult to lead or I'm finding them quite difficult to lead. So there's a three-step process that I unpack in step up or step out. And the amazing thing, and I've literally done this myself and I've heard it anecdotally from other leaders as I've coached them, is that if you follow this process, you will see that person step up and change their behavior or make a decision, which is to step out some of the time. Uh, 95% of the time, people will step up or step out in just four weeks. And I stand by that. It's uh, You have to read the book to understand, but uh, I really do believe in it and I've experienced it firsthand. It works. So you can go to Amazon, look up Step Up or Step Out John O. White or store.consultclarity.org forward slash book. 
Well, thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back with a new episode next time of the Leadership Conversations podcast. And I hope today has helped you to take another step towards becoming the leader you're meant to be. See you next time.